welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. This is the place where we take a no bullshit look at life's little lessons. Here, together, we find the spiritual glory in even the most wicked hard story. This is a journey from fear back to love and how we can find our greatest strength and happiness in some of the most unlikely places. I believe that if you're willing to change your mind, you can totally change your life. So are you ready to rewrite your story and choose to live free? Let's do this. Hey, you guys, welcome to the Karen Kenny Show. I'm super duper excited to be here. Now, if you're watching this, instead of listening to it, you're noticing a couple of things. Number one, I have my glasses on. <laughs> I almost never, ever, ever wear my glasses, but I got those suckers on today because I had my annual eye exam with my eye doctor, uh, Tony Sacco, who's the best. He's the best around here. I just love him to bits. Um, he put some drops in my eyes and he did some fun things today. So I'm looking a little extra smart. <laughs> At least my sweetie said so. He said I look cute. So I'll take that. You also notice I got a bunch of books behind me. Oh my God. I got all these books behind me, you guys, because if you know, I am a lover of books and words and reading and writing and learning. And almost all of those books have something to do with brain science, hypnosis, subconscious reprogramming, all that stuff. So uh, wicked exciting for me. Just to put in context, like some of, some of you are like, why do you have that shit ton pile of books behind you? Because <laughs> I'm organizing some things. I'm moving some things around. So this is what normally happens. Um when a new year is upon us, I move some things around. I start some new things. I let go of some new things or old things. I change some things. That's wicked normal for me. So uh, that's what that's all. That's what that's happening. So you guys, today I want to talk about something that I have touched upon before. I have talked about before in other episodes but this is mostly going to be a storytelling episode. I really do believe that the a lot of times the way that we learn and the way that we remember things and feel moved by things. So I really believe that so much of transformation happens via inspiration. And if I've heard a if I've heard a story that has like really touched my heart or excited me or motivated me or like moved me in some way. And sometimes I'll hear a story that pisses me off. Sometimes I'll hear a story that lights me up, whatever. We know that storytelling is like a really powerful way to communicate. Um, you've heard me say it a thousand times if you're a loyal listener, as uh, Leo Tolstoy says, and I'm paraphrasing, is that at, A-I-T, is transferring feeling from one heart to another. And that's what I think storytelling and, and stories do as well. So the concept that I want to share with you is something like this. Um, writing stories in people's favor. I think we can all get a little bit better at writing stories in people's favor. So I'm going to start with uh, explaining what I mean by that. And then I'm going to tell a couple of stories. 
So the way that we normally to ourselves, towards ourselves, the way that we do not write stories in our own favor is when we talk shit to ourselves. <laughs> when we say things like, I'll never be able to do it. All right. Anybody here, if you're in my age group, so I'm 54, you may or may not remember um, a little cartoon. It might have been on the banana splits, but there was a little cartoon called Gulliver's Travels. <laughs> Anybody double my hands if you know what the heck I'm talking about. And in Gulliver's Travels, like the storyline was that there was this big guy who was like an adventurer. And when I say big guy, I mean, he was just like probably a normal sized human being, a normal sized man. But to the people, to the land that he visited, the land of the Lilliputians, he was wicked big. He was like a giant. And the Lilliputians were like tiny, tiny people. And so when he first, I think he got shipwrecked there, I want to say. And when he landed on their island or their place, right, the first thing that they did, they thought he was a giant and he was going to hurt them. So they they tied him down with like all these little, to them, they seemed like ropes, but to Gulliver, they were probably like little string. <laughs> Wait, I'm going somewhere with this, I promise. Stay with me. But anyways, one of the little Lilliputians, he was super negative and he was negative towards himself and like anything else that anybody else was trying to do. And he always, his one thing that he always said, he would always go like this. We'll never make it. We're doomed. We'll never make it. We're doomed. Like he never wrote stories in their favor. Like he didn't think like, hey, this might be hard, but we'll get through it. Or, hey, we may not know the answer yet, but we'll figure it out. He was always just throwing shade. He was always just throwing negativity and like incompetence and like we can't do it energy. And he was never like giving himself the benefit of the doubt that he could grow, that he could learn, that he could expand his mind and his consciousness or that anybody else could too. And we also do that in our own way. Raise your, like double amen hands. If you have talked shit to yourself about yourself, if you have not been kind to younger versions of you who were still trying to figure things out. And I was talking with a one-to-one -one client you know, the quest, you know, I do one-to-one -one work, spiritual mentoring and subconscious reprogramming and neuroscience and healing hypnosis and all that stuff with my clients. And one of the things we were talking about today is I was saying like, you know, we got to get better at writing stories in our own favor. So if we don't believe in ourselves and if we keep bringing like past events. So what I always say to my clients, right, is that you know, we have a time traveling problem. So we tend to time travel into the past and look for proof for why we can't do things. Well, I fucked it up before. I blew it before. I made a mistake before. I never should have dated that person. I never should have X, Y, and Z. So we time travel into the past and we visit like shame and blame and regret and guilt and um, all that stuff. Judgment, attack, right? Or we time travel into the future where we get really anxious and we worry and we think like, oh my God, I don't know if I'm up to the task. I don't know if I can do it. We project shit. Like we time travel forward. We time travel back while life is happening in the present moment. Healing is happening in the present moment. Love is happening right in the present moment. And so a lot of times we go forward or back and we're not necessarily 
looking at those things when we go backwards and saying, hey, that was a lesson learned. Like I came forward with more information, more better, smarter, as I like to say, information to help myself going forward. And I'm not the same person now that I was then. And I have more confidence. I have more courage. I have more clarity. I have more skill set, like whatever. And so we often, you know, in A Course in Miracles, there's a beautiful line that I love. I'm paraphrasing that says, you know, every time that you do not drag your past into the present moment, you're reborn. It's like having a clean slate, you know, and that's what's cool about January is that for me, I'm not telling how anybody else feels, but for me, I often think about January like a new clean slate, like a new beginning to like pull some old weeds, to plant some new seeds and to start to grow and cultivate and cheerlead and be enthusiastic about you know, writing new stories for myself, for my business, for my relationships, for my connections, for my artistry, for my book, like whatever I'm doing. And I'm up to some things, you guys. I got some really fun things to announce probably on the next podcast. I'll talk about them. Uh, But for now, I just want to say KK's been up to some shenanigans, you guys. So I'm super duper excited about that. And I can't wait to reveal them. So stay tuned. But one of the things I've gotten better at um, as I've gotten older, I am not, look at, I have not perfected this shit. I I am the first one to always say to you guys, uh, the words that come out of my mouth, whether it's to my clients, uh, to my listeners here on the podcast, when I'm writing my newsletter, posting on social media, you know, the first person I'm talking to is me. You know, I'm always, even if I'm just Even if I'm repeating something that I've already learned, it's a good reminder. Sometimes it's a reminder to like, hey, we're working on this still. Don't forget, right? So there's some areas where I write really good stories in my favor and other places where I don't always do that. And it's helpful to have people around you who see your brilliance and who remind you, hey, don't say if, say when, right? Or don't use words like always and never, right? So like, you know, catching me in my own language in the way that I talk about myself. And it's super duper important, you guys, because so many of the stories that we're often telling about ourselves, and I could do a whole other episode on this, I could probably do a week of episodes on this, is that a lot of the stories that we're often telling ourselves, they weren't as to begin with. It's shit that kind of like rolled downhill from our parents, from our earliest caretakers, from our environments growing up, where other people declared shit about us. They told us things, quote unquote, supposedly about us, which were really more about them and their own nervous systems, capacity, et cetera, et cetera, how much work and healing work and spiritual stuff they've done. Right. But it often, you know, stuck to us like little Velcros. Right. It was like, oh, your parents having a bad day and they're not patient. And so they tell you you're stupid and they lob that they lob those words at you. And it's like like Velcro. It sticks to you. And, you know, we didn't have brains back then that were uh, had a processing system that could weed out what was bullshit and what wasn't. (laughs) Right. So we just took everything as gospel truth. So a lot of the ways that our nervous systems got wired and our brains get wired and the, the way that we think about ourselves, um, it came from other people. So as adults, we get to say, hey, um, I don't want to keep this story anymore. I'm going to write better stories in my own favor where I can have a little more compassion, kindness, confidence, belief, uh, support You know, towards myself. Now, the reason why I wanted to talk about this is like two stories. Uh, One is going to be me and then one's going to be something that has been on my mind ever since um, my friend told me about it. 
So today, for example, so today I was getting ready to go to my eye appointment. Okay. And my sweetie was getting ready to go for a run. And when I came out of the house, right, I hadn't been outside yet, except for like earlier this morning when we took Bunchy, our new puppy out, <clears throat> excuse me, for potty time. And so it had gotten colder and wetter and icier and slicker unbeknownst to me. So when I came outside, I noticed that the gate was a little stuck, was a little frozen. And I saw my sweetie standing in the driveway, getting ready to go for his run. And I have on, I still have them on. I'll hold them up. So I have on my, my Adidas, my vegan leather Adidas clam, clam toe shell shoes, which have no good traction on the bottom. <laughs> yes. Right. I might as well have been wearing like ice skates. So we have a set of stairs that, uh, concrete and there's like four of them. And just as I hit the top of the concrete step, which is like the landing, which is I'm about to go down the four stairs, I'm real, I'm seeing my sweetie and I say to him, as the words are literally, I'm not literally coming out of my mouth as I'm saying to him, hey, sweetie, it's wicked slippery out there. So be careful. And I'm about to say, be careful. My feet go flying out from underneath me. He said it looked really bad. <laughs> now, one of the great things about, um, staying physically fit somewhat, right? Like stay like, you know, strength work and yoga and flexibility and mobility, um, is that when I fall, I usually can fall in such a way that I don't, even if I go like ass over tea kettle, um, I'm just, you know how like old people fall and like they break, you know what I mean? Like old people fall. It's one of the things that how a lot of old people, they fall, they break their hips, they get sick, they get damaged, whatever. And then they don't recover. Right. So there's a saying in yoga where we've always said, you're kind of only as young as your spine is flexible and uh, take that or leave that. It's just to, to make the point. So, but when I fell, what happened was my, uh, I can't even really lift my arm. So my arm and my shoulder I was trying to brace myself when I went down when my feet went out from underneath me because what I didn't want to do was smack my head or my face, like break my teeth. So like I kind of reached like back, but the rest of my body fell down below like the bottom step. <laughs> so fucking went right down on my left ass cheek, but my arm and my shoulder were pushed back behind me and whatever. So while it is wicked tender and sore, and a little uncomfy. I don't know. I might have to go see my friend Brett Copeland. But other than that, I, I walked away undamaged. And my sweetie came right. He was like, oh, my God. Like, are you OK? And, and then I kind of tipped over onto my hands and my knees. And I was like, that was not soothing. <laughs> OK. The reason why I'm telling you all of this, thank you for staying with me, um, is that I had an appointment. And I was not planning on wiping out and falling down the stairs and needing a few moments to compose myself. So I ended up being like four minutes late to my appointment. Now, a lot of times when you go to an appointment, you know, you end up waiting anyway. So I don't think they would have even noticed or whatever. But had they noticed, so I was thinking about this as I was driving over there, you know, and I was just thinking like, uh, I hope they're not upset with me because I'm late because I hate to be late. Um, this was an un, unplanned and unforeseen incident, right? And so my brain started to like go into this thing where I'm like, oh, I don't want them to be upset. I don't want them to think that I don't respect their time. I don't want them to think that I'm not somebody who can be punctual. Like I started writing all these stories of what they might be thinking about me. And then I was thinking, right? So this is what the brain does. And then my brain started thinking of, well, what if they think 
that I'm just being late or I don't give a shit or whatever. And I'm like, without knowing that the reason why I'm late is this. So it got me thinking about the ways that we sometimes preemptively judge ourselves and don't tell stories in our favor. And then we get defensive, like in our mind, or we start to prepare to have to defend ourselves and put up our dukes and like ward off the attack of what we're afraid other people are going to be thinking about us and judging us. And then we kind of get this thing where in our head, like who here has ever done this, where you're starting to have an argument or, and I wasn't having an argument in my head with these people, but it could have hit that level, right? If we don't catch ourselves. Where it's like, oh, they're probably talking shit about me. They're probably da 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 da. Well, you know what? I'm gonna tell them this. And a lot of times, I'll say to people, um, nothing has actually happened yet. <laughs> Where you're basically preemptively out of guilt and shame and whatever kind of judgmental ego process is happening right now, when nothing has even happened yet. And of course, I walked in. Nobody noticed. You know, in fact, here's what's wicked funny. When I got there. They said to me, I'm so glad, I swear to you, this is what they said. We're so glad you didn't show up five minutes earlier because they have a ramp, a ramp that leads up to their building, like wheelchair accessible. And they were out there sand, like salting it because she said five minutes ago, this was a sheet of ice. You couldn't even have gotten up this thing. So I'm so glad you showed up when you did. And I was like, yeah, S-T-O-T-J, spiritual team on the job. So all of that rigmarole in my head wasn't even necessary. And I was like, hey, KK, why don't you start writing some things in your favor? And then also, why don't you write some stories in their favor that they would understand once you told them? Because when they said to me, this was a sheet of ice, I said, yeah, I know. I just wiped out at home. And I said, that's why I'm a few minutes late. And, and they were like, oh, my gosh, are you OK? And they were totally kind. But so we do this thing where we waste precious energy writing these stories that are not very helpful. Okay, which leads me to really the heartbeat of this episode and why I wanted to do this. And it's a story about my friend Kirsten, who I call KT. So Kirsten's one of my beloved friends, one of my dearest friends, one of my best friends. And she um, she had this situation that happened. So I'm going to break it down for you. I'm not going to go too in-depth, um, but I will say a few things of what she shared with me. And just so you know, she gave me her permission to tell these stories. So Kirsten's grandma, who was 94, just celebrated her 94th birthday. Kirsten lives out in Utah, Salt Lake City area. Her grandma um, just turned 94 and she was about to pass away. And Kirsten uh, and her brother were driving, I think it's a couple of hours away, a few hours away. But so they were driving up to another town to go say goodbye to their grandmother who was dying. And they went and they did it. And on the way back, there's a snowstorm. The driving conditions are terrible. So there's a storm raging. And, you know, they were, you know, uh, just doing their best to get home safely. On the way home, they encounter this awful traffic accident. And they are like the first people on the scene. And Supposedly, it's like a smaller car. Maybe it's a Toyota Corolla or something like that, but it's a smaller car. And apparently it had impacted. I don't know if it crossed a median. I don't know if they lost control, but I think it was weather related. Uh, it was a young driver, probably. So didn't probably have a lot of, you know, driving experience. I think they were, she, she was 20 years old. And 
somehow, you know, they collided. She collided with like an expedition, like a big ass SUV. Now, when they happen, so they they're driving, right? Just trying to get home safely. They see this horrendous accident, almost the first people on the scene. So they stop. And the scene is pretty bad, right? Without getting too graphic. Um, it was like, I think it was a guy and maybe his wife or his partner, I'm not sure, and, and four kids or something like that. And one of the kids were, were, they all survived. They were all okay. Although the driver at the time was pinned in the car and he was screaming like, you know, he couldn't feel his legs. So that's horrifying. That that helpless feeling of hearing a, a fellow brother or sister, like meaning like a fellow human being suffering and crying out in pain and not being able to help them. Number one, first of all, your nerves are, when you're trying to drive in the snow in the middle of a storm, like your nervous system is already jacked, right? It's usually already tense and everything's in hyperdrive and you're just trying to like be aware and do things safely. So now, you know, you already have a nervous system that's high and then you see this awful accident. You see one kid in the road, like crying, you see other people scrambling like out of the vehicle and one guy trapped inside screaming in pain. So that's awful enough. And then in the other car, um, at the time, they didn't know if it was male or female, but it turned out to be a young woman, um, 20 years old. And uh, my friend's brother, they went over to check on her to see if she was okay. Uh, he checked for a pulse and she was already passed. She was already gone. So just how... Just imagine how awful this is when you are a civilian, like you're not an EMT, you're not a firefighter, you're not a cop, you're not a nurse, you're not somebody who's trained in these things. And you just see human loss of life in front of you, people screaming in anguish and just how traumatizing that is. Okay. She gets, they, you know, they do what they can. The, the uh, you know, the emergency people finally arrive on the scene. They go on their way, but you have these awful images in your head. Okay. So she's already trying to like process, like her nervous system, her brain is trying to process what she had just seen. So one of the things that I often say is that new grief will often trigger old grief. And I think new trauma will also often trigger old trauma that has not had a chance to be processed, right? That is still in the tissue of your body and the soma of your body. So, you know, she gets home and she finds out that, um, I think it's the next morning or so. She doesn't sleep at all. You know, she has terrible sleep that night. And then the next day she gets up and uh, finds out her grandmother has passed. So now it's like, okay, we have a storm. We have this awful accident. We have the trauma of loss of a young life, a guy screaming. Like, just imagine all the imagery, all the stuff that it's doing. Then she gets the news that her grandmother is dead. Then she has to go for a mammogram, right? Like a couple of hours later. This is why I'm getting to the point. There's a reason why I'm giving you all this backstory, okay? This is one person, right, over the course of like 36 hours and what they're going through. She goes to go get the mammogram and she notices that the car, like her husband, I think, took her car, so she had to take a different car and she realizes that the car is kind of low on gas and all she wants to do, you know, he's like, yeah, take this car, whatever happened. Um, I don't know all those details, but she ends up in a car. She noticed that it's low on gas. So she's on the way to the get gas about 50 feet from the pump. The gas runs out. The car's not moving and she's little. 
Okay. I think she's like five, two, maybe like she's a little person, maybe five, four. I don't think she's five, four. I think she's smaller than I think she's five, two. We've never met in person. I've only seen her on video. So there she is trying to get to the pump, trying to get gas so she can go get her breast examined for her exam for her own health and well-being. Now, where she is, she's in a, she's in a parking lot of getting gas. And the people around her, they're wailing on their horns. They're driving by her and flipping her off. Like, what the fuck? Like, what are you doing? What are you stupid? Like, Being such jerks, so impatient, right? And again, that's not fair. All right, I take that back. I don't know what's going on with them either. I should write better stories. So maybe they're having a bad day. But what I'm saying is, Everybody that was mean to her, everybody that drove by and like did the, what do you do? You know what I'm talking about? New England is, if you're listening to this, right? You assholes, you know what I'm talking about? That whole, eh, what, the man, what are you doing? You know? Um, and I thinking to myself, what would have happened if we did like an experiment where it's like behind the scenes camera? There's that show, John, John, what's his face does it, where they set up these scenarios just to see what people would do. I fantasize about this a little bit, like a little candid camera. It would have been amazing to be able to like pull people aside, like wave them down and say, you see that woman that you just lost your shit on? The one that you were just flipping off and waving your hands at and acting like she was a total idiot because she stopped. It's like, and one of the things that KT said to me is, do they think that I wanted to stop 50 feet from the pump? Like, did they think that I wanted to just get in their way and be stranded here and not be able to get to my appointment and whatever? And I'm like, no, because they're not thinking of you at all. And they're certainly not writing stories in your favor. So if I could have pulled those people aside and say, hey, 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 let me break it down for you for a second. Number one, you never know what somebody else is going through. You never know what battle they're fighting. You never know what's going on inside of them. You don't know what their struggle has been, what their day has been like, what their life has been like, right? Never mind their week or whatever. So we have this person who's trying to process trauma, who just saw a 20-year-old girl like killed, dead, traffic accident, people screaming in horror, just lost her grandmother, is now trying to get to a mammogram appointment. And if I could lay out all these things for people, I would like to think, I would like, I write a story in a lot of people's favor. My sweetie says sometimes it is my kryptonite, but I try to write stories in other people's favors. I'm probably better at writing stories in other people's favors than I am sometimes about writing them for myself. But here's the thing. I would like to think if I could pull them aside and say, hey, you have no idea what this person was going through. Would it have killed you to just pull up alongside of her? And you don't even have to roll down your window and ask if she needs help. But how about not making it worse? How about not writing a story against her? How about not writing a story not in her favor where you assume that she's an idiot or she's stupid or she's being whatever you think? Instead of just saying, hey, are you all set? Are you okay? I noticed you're stuck here. Like, what's going on? Because what the ego does, we always say this in A Course in Miracles, the ego speaks first, it speaks loudest, and I often add, and it's always wrong. It loves to jump forward with, and we see it all the time. So just take a moment and scan your own life. 
And just ask yourself, where do I do this in my own life? Is it when you're late, you're running late, or you're in traffic, or you're stressed, or you're anxious, or you're feeling overwhelmed? Like, when do you lose uh, connection, right, with the faculties of love within you? And how do you get hijacked by fear? How do you get hijacked by that um, unkindness or that lack of compassion or that lack of tenderness or grace or mercy, where you just assume your fellow humans, right, or animals or whatever, right, are just idiots or just stupid or just trying to inconvenience you or like whatever. So like I'll be driving in the car. And uh, my sweetie has a really low tolerance for drivers. And it's not so much bad drivers. It's drivers who aren't thinking about anybody else other than themselves. That really pushes one of his buttons. So when I see him starting to get agitated, I'll say to him, hey, look, you know, they probably weren't thinking. Who knows what's going on in their life? Maybe they got bad news. Maybe they're rushing because they just found out somebody is sick. Maybe, and he's like, yeah, and we love, you know, it'd be like, yeah, maybe sometimes they're just an asshole. Maybe they're a bad driver. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, that that is a possibility. I'm open to all possibilities. <laughs> but I try to write stories in their favor and just say, hey, I don't know what's going on with them. I don't know why somebody spoke to me in that tone of voice. I don't know why, you know, I don't know everybody's life story. But if I show up curious enough and compassionately enough, then I can try to adjust the odds that they're probably not tr like intentionally trying to be a dick. Now, some people might, some people might make that their full-time job, <laughs> right? To just be like, I don't care about anybody else. I'm having my own experience over here. You're getting in my way. You're inconveniencing me. So um, yeah. But so listen, you guys, I hope that this has just given you an opportunity. And this is why I said it. This is one person on the planet in 36 hours, going through all of these experiences that are really rough and really tough and really like life altering in some ways, right? Brain altering in some ways. Can we all just cut each other a little more slack? Can we all find a little more patience? You know, if we all just learned how to breathe some nice pranayama, learn a couple of good breaths that will allow you to slow down things, to bring yourself back into the present moment, to keep you from losing your shit and going it, like taking a huge detour into fear. Or if you do take one to reconcile pretty quickly, like, oh, I just did that. So if you've never heard of a breath called the physiological sigh, the physiological sigh, like yoga people, you'll be familiar with this, right? Those of us who've been in yoga for a wicked long time, um, you might have have a different name for it. But think of it as like two inhales stacked on top of each other through the nose, right? And then a nice long exhale. I like to do it through the mouth. Sometimes I'll do it through the nose, but traditionally think two inhales through the nose stacked on top of each other. I'll, I'll, I'll show you in a second and you'll hear, I'll do my best to make it so you can hear it. And then an extra long exhale. When we exhale out twice as long, we are down-regulating the vagus nerve and we're allowing the autonomic nervous system to kind of tap into a little bit more of that relaxation response, right? The parasympathetic nervous system, uh, which is the rest and digest 
instead of going into that fight and flight that we often find ourselves in. So it's kind of like this, right? Quick breath in through the nose. I'm going to do it two times so you see. It's like, so imagine you are filling up your lungs a little bit and then you're topping it off with that second inhale right on top of each other back to back and then second long exhale. So it's kind of like this. So you can think of it like sip, sip, and then nice, long breath out. Now, some people like, I've seen a lot of different people teach this. Um, if you follow Andrew Huberman, who's a super duper smarty pants, I love that guy. Uh, he's taught this, but I've also seen a bunch of other um, people teach it. Of course, yoga people, we're familiar with the power of pranayama and the breath. Um, but it's a really great way. Now, some people will say you just do it one time and some people that's all they need, right? They take the two inhales and then they do the exhale and they feel more centered and grounded. I have the kind of nervous system where I need to do it at least three times, right? When something happens and my hat is racing or my anxiety might be creeping up or whatever, I need a little bit more than one sip, sip, you know, <laughs> I need like sip, 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 and maybe a few more sips. So, um, you get to know yourself and discover what works for you, but that's something that, um, something that I teach my clients too, because it can be really, really helpful. And a lot of times we forget to breathe. When we get stressed out, we kind of contract and get tightened and we want to get as much oxygen as we kind of can into the lungs, into the bloodstream, up to the brain so we can make better choices, right? Get the muscles, give the muscles what they need, a little bit of love. Ooh, my shoulder. I can't even lift my arm, you guys. So this is what I wanted to share with you, right? Before we start going crazy, before we start uh, writing stories not in people's favor, maybe we can just slow the heck down, right? Try to use our rational mind and consider that you don't know what the fuck is going on, that you do not know what is happening and you do not know what that other person is going through. So I've done a couple of other episodes on this. One was called Be Kind, Be Kind, Be Kind. I don't know. I feel like I've done something else on this, but I can't remember. I mean, guys, over 200 shows. KK's doing her best. So I hope this is helpful in some way. And I hope if you catch yourself starting to do like uh, itty bitty shitty committee stories in your own head <laughs> about yourself, that you knock it off, knock that off, right? Stop yourself, get some tools, some pattern interrupts, which is that's so, I teach a lot of my clients. I teach my clients a lot of pattern interrupts so that we can start to rewire the brain in a way that is actually helpful and not harmful, right? That allows us to stop the old conditioning beliefs and patterns and stories, et cetera, et cetera, and the ways of being and the habits, all that stuff. So many things that we do are just habitual and writing crappy stories is uh, kind of habitual. And if we can pattern interrupt that, we we can change. And that's what's so exciting. Isn't that what's, uh, I think it's so exciting that even at 54, even at 64, even at 74, even at 84, as long as we are alive and we have cognitive you know, awareness and consciousness and you know, what, we still have the capacity to grow and to become more loving and more kind and change. So you guys, I hope this was helpful to you in some way. Thank you so much for listening to the show. 
I have some fun announcements coming up. So I'll, uh, uh, if you uh, are somebody, let me say this. If you're somebody who listens to the show, but you're not on my email list, you're not going to, I want you guys to find out first. So my email subscribers are usually the first ones to know what kind of fun shit, cool stuff is going on. And you can just get on my email list, right? Uh, KarenKenny.com slash sign up. One word, sign up. And you'll be able to get on there and then you'll get it right in your, your newsletter inbox, your email inbox when something fun's going on. Um, so check that out. And also, uh, I think it's important to announce, <laughs> you, you might not think so, but it is for me. So in this year, you know, one of the things I'm really going to do <clears throat> is just really share shit that I'm excited about, what I'm up to, what's going on. Like, I just can't wait to share the magic with people. So I'm going to be talking more about stuff that I'm learning, what I'm excited about, what's going on. <clears throat> and, and, uh, I can't wait really. And so thank you for being, one of the things I'm excited about is this show. <laughs> so thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being a listener. I hope that your new year is off to a gentle and safe and happy and healthy start. I appreciate you so much. I hope you'll stick with me through 2023. And I got some fun stuff, fun stuff up my sleeve. So you guys, wherever you go, right? Wherever you go, may you be kinder. May you be more gentle. May you be more aware. May you be more loving. May you leave yourself and the people and the animals in nature, in the environment, other people, right? Better than how you found them. Wherever you go, may your presence, may your words, may your energy, may your attitude, may your thoughts, all of it, may it be a blessing. Thanks. Love you guys. Bye. so much for tuning in to this episode of the Karen Kenny Show. <laughs> I super duper appreciate your time, friendship, and support. And look, if something that I shared from my heart today somehow landed in yours, I'd love to hear about it. So please tag me on Facebook or Instagram or IG stories or wherever the cool kids are hanging out these days and let me know what your favorite pot was or what you found most helpful. You can find me over at Karen Kenny Live. That's Karen, K-E-N-N-E-Y-L-I-V-E. -E. And if you're digging what I'm saying and you want to hear more, I'd be wicked grateful if you could go to iTunes and subscribe and leave a review because you guys, that's how you'll help me to keep spreading the love. And if you can think of someone that could benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. I'd also love to stay connected with you. So if the feeling is mutual, please go to karenkenny.com backslash freebie and download my free guide to building your spiritual team. Until next time, my brothers and sisters, keep living in the fearless flow. Know that I see you, I appreciate you, and I love you. And wherever you go, may you be a blessing.